Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Two, one, and we're back. And Julie, we have a fun show today. Yes, we do. Had we, a fun show yesterday and the day before. We did. If you guys didn't listen to the podcast we did over the last couple of days, you really need to go back and listen because yesterday's was great. We are interviewing our friend um, and very famous economist, Peter Schiff, and we asked him a lot of great questions about inflation. <laughs> it was funny starting the podcast before we hit record. We were joking with him because he's very well known for being a huge, huge housing bear. And it's because he made a, you know, tens of millions of dollars uh, betting short, basically, on mortgage securities starting uh, back in 2005, 2006. And he's on the record and uh, it was uh, testified in front of Congress talking about all these mortgage-backed securities. So a, uh, a decline in real estate values is something that has served him well in the past. Mm-hmm. But it was fascinating to me because on our podcast and even prior to the podcast, He's actually, dare I say, advocating for buying real estate now. I know. Not only that, but uh, not paying cash for everything, putting some debt on it. We'll talk about all these things as we get going. But, you know, Peter has a very big brain. He, he, you know, can talk in depth about a multitude of topics. So uh, it was our pleasure to finally get his interview. We've been kind of chasing him down for a while. (laughs) We have for two years. (laughs) the he first, finally caved. The first time we, well, I met Peter, um, I'd seen him before, obviously, on videos and you read his books and everything. But the first time I saw him, you, listeners, you'll appreciate this. I went up to him at the gym and I didn't know him. And I just showed him my iPhone and on my iPhone was uh, his podcast that I was listening to. So he appreciated that. And every, every time we saw him after that, he was very friendly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was great to have him on the podcast. And I thought he was a real gentleman. So, so what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about some of the things that we learned yesterday from our Peter Shift interview that are relevant specifically to real estate to help you guys drill down. The, the benefit of you having this information is twofold. Number one, you'll, frankly, I think it'll be good for your own information. It'll be good for your own planning. And that was really the point of the interview is really to help you guys prepare for this what is definitely going to be a tsunami of more inflation, but also then you can be the calm in the storm when other people, especially your real estate clients, obviously friends and family members are worried about it as well. You will all of a sudden become the inflation nerd in the room, which isn't a bad thing to be because then people will learn to trust you when it comes to real estate transactions as well. All right. right. So here's what we learned. We're going to just go over these. Julie and I worked on these prior to today's show. Go ahead, Julie. So make sure you get caught up on the actual interview that we're referring to. These are our notes, what we learned from the show. And when I put these notes together, Tim, I had our listeners in mind who are, by and large, real estate professionals. So we're going to sort a lot of stuff out for you guys. All right. So number one, we learned more about what inflation actually is and isn't. So what is inflation? Well, it's a general increase in prices and fall in the purchasing value of money. Now, Peter described that as the literal expansion and to literally think about it like an inflating balloon. Mm -hmm. Now, over the past 10 years, the average rate of inflation in the U.S. was about 1.8%. It is predicted that we'll be around 5% by the end of the year. Now, there's lots of different mixed predictions, but that gives you a little comparison. But just let's definitely remind them what Peter said. Peter said that the actual inflation rate, are you going to get to that? Um, He said what the actual inflation rate is because they've changed 
what how they go about computing what the inflation rate is. Like what they count in it. Exactly. So there's specific inflation, say, for example, in fuel or in certain food products or other things. Basically, the CPI was a is a bucket of different uh, consumer products that they track the cost of over time. And there's certain things that essentially would make the CPI appear to be in, um, inflating in, inflating faster. And so what they would do is basically remove those things and so that the overall number would appear lower. Now, why does the government go about making an inflation rate seem, uh, wanting it to seem lower than it actually is? Is because if the inflation rate, if people start realizing the inflation rate is higher than it actually is, then they're going to start potentially worrying about essentially how the government is and the Treasury in particular, how it's managing uh, monetary policy. And it's politics at the end of the day. Yes. So, you know, when you when you actually count everything, oh, Peter was talking about the, the actual rate is probably double digits. He said it starts with he thinks next year the inflation rate overall, if you put back in the consumer products that they took out to make the numbers average down, is over, he thinks it's going to be over 20%. Yes. And I'll tell you why I think he's going to be right about this. So again, Peter is well known for being a bear. Basically, he's not somebody who's a big advocate of large government. He's a, more of a libertarian. He ran for Congress. He's written books about this. He's on the record with his stance towards yes. a big government and the Fed in particular. Mm -hmm. But with that said, there are a lot of other uh, people and sources that Julie and I have been going to to learn about what the projected inflation rate. Now, Goldman Sachs came out with a report. We're putting it on our website, timandjulieharris.com. You guys can read about it. Where they're predicting that there's going to be a 26% increase in the cost of a home in 2020, uh, 2022. And that means that you're seeing between 2021 and 2022, if Goldman Sachs is right, you're looking at most real estate in the United States increasing by at least 50%. That is incredible. Now, one of the interesting questions that I, this is always fun when you and I have this question with real estate people, it's what's the difference between appreciation and inflation? Okay, well, so I was getting to that here. So inflation is when the actual number of dollars it takes in order to purchase, say, your property has increased. The number of dollars it takes to purchase it has increased. The main difference is that inflation does not actually reflect a change in the asset itself. Mm -hmm. In fact, and we talked about this with Peter yesterday, the asset, let's say it's a house, may actually be getting worse over time in terms of condition or location or both. So inflation is a reflection of the decreasing purchasing power of the money you trade for that asset. It's not that the asset is worth more, it's that the money you had before doesn't have as much purchasing power as it used to. You have to give more to get the same product. In so, inflation simply means that your money is worth less. So there was, um, and we didn't talk about this in Peter's interview, but there's, I, I researched prior to Peter's interview so we wouldn't come off sounding like idiots. Right. But there is a, um, a way that they track, for example, the cost of a can of Campbell's soup. Mm -hmm. So Campbell's soup's always been the same size and let's assume more or less the same products as the 1950s. And there's graphs on the internet. You guys can see this. Basically, Julie, you're going to have to throw our French bulldogs in our studio, and he's having too much fun. I think he's, he's I think he just sneezed. He's trying to play. We'll so if goes. you guys hear funny noises in the background, that's um, that's Maximus. So anyway, so what it showed is the cam cost of a Campbell soup in the 50s, and then basically how it's completely gone up, even though you're not getting more Campbell soup for the same, you know. That's a good the, example. Yeah. And he also said, Peter talked about, uh, we were talking about, and I know we're going to get to this, but for the sake of just tying all this in. Like, why have debt on your real estate? Which is mm -hmm. definitely antithesis of what you yes. and I have been preaching forever. Right, and we're going to get to that in particular. You guys, this was really fascinating when we got to how he explained it. Yes. Okay, and you just talked about this a second ago, but number two, and I need to change those numbers. Okay, we learned that the inflation rate 
is measured by the change in the consumer price index. Now, uh, he referred to the CPI all the time, so I wanted to define that because we didn't actually talk about that, what, what the CPI is. It's a monthly measure by the Bureau of Labor Statistics that averages the cost of a basket of goods. You were talking about that's not always the same basket that they're measuring and services from areas around the country. It reports the result as a percentage rise or drop in the CPI. So when they talk about inflation, they often are talking about as defined by the CPI. Okay. Well, the, the reason that it, this is bizarre is the way they go out and remove things from that basket of goods is you're not really able to effectively compare what the inflation rate was, say, from 10 years ago versus what it is today. Because they, what it was, what they were doing to monitor what the inflation rate was, specific products and services, uh, they may have removed half of those and put new ones in. It's like jimmying with your comps on a house, right? Yeah, and, the, and it's... You, you it, only pull what you wanted to see or what you didn't want to see totally. and modified. That's Maybe good. you threw out the high watermark because, you know, you wanted it to come down lower. It, it's um, a it, Mickey Mouse appraisal, it, basically. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So can't be completely trusted. All right. Now, point, that should say number three, uh, then what is appreciation? Appreciation is the increase in monetary value. Now, realtors talk about, quote, appreciation when house prices increase. They throw that term around all the time. But it's important to note that inflation can look like appreciation, but it's not actually appreciation. This is one of those, like, rectangle and rhombus conversations, right? So appreciation is when the, quote, intrinsic value of something, appreciation is when the intrinsic value of something, like a house, increases. Now, this is not the same as price or cost. We're talking about value as in something grows more valuable. So how does something actually gain value or appreciate? Let's make this, of course, about houses. Increased demand, not enough supply. This is what we're seeing today in most markets. This is, again, appreciation adding value. Um, next thing could be additional value is discovered or created on your property. Oil, for example, or developed road frontage or adding utilities where there weren't any before. Or maybe adding a bedroom or bathroom. It can be that simple. It may be replacing a roof, something like that. You also can have appreciation if, say, Amazon, Google, or Tesla, or another big company decide to relocate 3,000 employees to your town, and there are not enough homes to go around. Again, supply and demand. Here in Dorado, they're predicting that that's going to happen because the new hospital is bringing people well, in. I was just, you used Tesla as a great example. Mm -hmm. Where Tesla built their truck plant and where they're going to be building, they're relocating where they manufacture cars from California to Texas. Trust me when I tell you that part of Texas where they're putting all these new facilities, there is nothing there, and there would have been nothing there till the end of time had yeah. Tesla not moved there. Mm -hmm. And now they're going to not just build the uh, manufacturing facilities, but we have friends that are home builders there. And Tesla, and they're working with, you know, obviously with developers, and they're going to be buying up houses, and they're going to be developing land. So that whole section is appreciating, in genuine appreciation, incredibly rapidly, where if, uh, inflation is... Yes. Well, so inflation we did first, that's when your money actually is worth less. And the asset didn't in get any more valuable intrinsically. It just took more to purchase the same thing. Exactly. Okay. So the next point, number four, is we learned that in inflationary times when interest rates are low, it can be smart to have debt on your assets. Now, why is that? Well, because and he, this, I thought this was really interesting from yesterday's interview. 
He said, because the money you're borrowing now has higher value to you than the money you'll pay it back with. The dollars are not actually equal. He used it as he used a uh, pack of gum as the explanation. Yes. He said, for example, if you go and borrow $400,000 and have a $400,000 mortgage on the house and the interest rate, let's say on that 30 year fixed rate mortgage is 3%. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, you were, but so it's a $400,000 loan, dollar loan that the bank gives you that's 3%. But if inflation is essentially 10%, low loan over 20%, as Peter's predicting, and Goldman Sachs, yes. then you're able to basically pay that uh, house back at massively uh, you know, inflated dollars. So that $400,000, by the time the bank gets it back, plus where their interest is, that's a, an effectively what a pack of gum would cost. I mean, that was his, yes. he was being facetious, or maybe he wasn't. Mm -hmm. He is Peter Schiff after, after all. all. But that is what he, how he were explaining it. So if, for example, let's go back to that Campbell's Soup thing. So Campbell's Soup back in 1950s cost like a dime, and now it costs, I have no idea, a dollar, let's say. That's a lot of, an, you know, that's a lot of uh, inflation in the price of things. Well, I mean, effectively, that's what is happening to real estate right now. So his idea, his concept was, is have debt on your properties if you can borrow the money at ridiculously low rates because the inflation, not appreciation listeners, well, in some cases, I suppose it's They both, can mix together, that's right? true. The inflation is going to more than pay for the cost of that loan. Again, which is not the way that, frankly, Julie and I have I always looked at money, but it is smart. And then what do you do with that money that you are, uh, we're gonna get to that. <laughs> Actually, I see Julie's notes. I won't jump on her notes, okay. or she'll kick me again. <laughs> so go ahead. Yes. Okay. So we learned next uh, point is we learned that giving having a lot of quote paper is not smart right now since its value is depreciating, i.e. every day your dollar gives you less. So that's related to the previous point. We were, I mean, yeah. Julie, it's very practical. We didn't really drill down on this with Peter, but just the cost of normal things in grocery stores mm -hmm. has really gone through the roof. Yes. But the other thing that it's called um, hidden inflation, I, I think mm -hmm. that, I don't think that's actually the economic term. But we noticed this. I remember we, back in 2008 or 9, maybe 2010, we had a very famous Canadian economist. This was back mm -hmm. before the podcast. Right. This is back when we were just doing, uh, you know, whatever we were doing, webinars mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he was saying what the um, manufacturers or products are going to do is they're going to keep the prices the same. Mm -hmm. They might even keep the packaging the same. Yes. But they're going to lower the quantity of what's in the box. And this is groceries. Let's think of it from that perspective. So you're buying something. You open it up. Even though the box was the same, the price was the same, you're noticing that there's a hell of a loss, lot less actual, say, fruit product in said box. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what's essentially that's what's going to happen, and that is what's happening. I don't know if you guys remembered this, but uh, Coca-Cola and Pepsi started making a, their standardized cans smaller by like 25 or 30%. Yeah, they, I think they went from 10 ounce to 8 ounce, and I think even the little micro cans down to 6 ounces. Right. But yeah, and the prices are basically the same. And that's only because they want to maintain the margins, but and they kept the prices the same. But the cost of producing the goods is 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 increasing. Now a lot of during I'd say what was it since COVID, a lot of manufacturers haven't raised prices because they thought that uh, inflation was transitory. Now that we're realizing, and everyone's realizing that, and even the government is now admitting it, that we're in a inflation super cycle, and that is what this is going to be, which means it's going to last years then you're going to see a lot of manufacturers have to raise their prices. So don't believe in what, and I, I didn't ask Peter this yesterday, but I have a feeling he would have said what I'm about to tell you. What happens a lot of times during inflationary cycles is the government will start blaming greedy businesses for raising the yeah. prices to take advantage of people's anticipation of inflation. If everyone thinks there's an inflation, 
you know, then Bob's Shoe Shop can – damn, Bob, he's always up to something, isn't he? Bob's a troublemaker. Then, then Bob's Shoe Shop can just raise the prices on their shoes because people are, con- are psychologically expecting to have to pay more. That's not how reality works in a free market economy because what happens is if Bob raises his price and none of his competitors raise his price, their prices, Bob goes out of business. So please do not believe the Mickey Mouse propaganda yeah. that's going to start pouring out about being inflation being created by businesses. It's not. It's created by all the costs of all the goods to make said product increasing. Go back to your can of Campbell's soup, for example. You're going to see not just the actual soup, but the cost of printing the label, the cost of actually distributing. Well, the your, cost of putting the chicken in the chicken soup. Well, right? the cost of raising the chicken. Yes. Right. The cost of all of those expenses. And labor, unfortunately, is the, one of the last things. What people are actually paid is one of the last things that increased, increased during an inflationary time. Um, products increase. People's wages don't increase. People's wages don't increase. That means for a time, they can't actually afford to buy the same amount of groceries and everything else. And that's when inflation starts to have essentially an adverse, real dramatic adverse effect on people's quality of life, really. And so also what businesses will start doing because they, if they can't necessarily increase their sales or increase their margins, the profit they make, they're going to decrease the quality of the product they produce. And that, this goes for you know, services. And Peter talked about this. He said, look to see how fast people go from having personalized service to using more AI type things or using more bots or having automated this is an automated that. So if labor costs increase and you cannot increase your um, sales or you cannot increase your margins from the sales, you're going to have to decrease your expenses. And if, say, for example, you had five people that are working for you in customer service, and they were all doing a great job, everyone loved them, but all of a sudden you have to increase their wages, frankly, so they can pay their bills, but you can't because you don't have the cash flow to support it. You have a choice. Go out of business or let those people go and replace them with automation. So that's another thing that Peter uh, vamped about is that you're going to see a an advancement like COVID had advanced people working remotely or work, you know, Zoom and all the rest of these things. You're going to see inflation is going to have that exact same effect on the adaptation of technology to replace humans. And that ultimately is going to have a real, you know, adverse effect for a lot of people's lives. Yes, and he, uh, related to that, he was talking about how in times like that, innovation can happen. Yep. You know, where maybe you can't deliver that particular product for that particular price, but some other company or the existing company invents, reinvents something to fill that place. Well, it, you know, so it's, it's pretty interesting that way. The greatest fortunes of humanity have always been made during the greatest times of change. Mm-hmm. And it is unfortunate that it does seem like in the last 20 years, we're going through a hell of a lot of change, like constantly. Kind of. Over there's, there's, little, there's not yeah. big gaps that are happening. No, like when we're, one thing after another. When we are growing up, you know, in the 70s and the 80s and then the 90s, pretty much everything was the same. For a long time. There yeah. weren't any wars. There weren't, there's a little, you know, oh, it's a recession. Whoop, recession over. You know, whatever. This president came, this Smaller president went. Swings. Nothing. But now it's like on a constant basis, and in this, you know, we did talk about Peter with Peter what he thought was going to happen with well, the economy I'm on a whole. Get there in a second. Okay, so since the previous point was don't have a lot of paper money, well, that naturally leads to the conversation about gold, and that leads to talking about Bitcoin. So this is we won't drill down on this too much, but we learned that gold and Bitcoin are not equal. 
Gold has many uses, can't be destroyed, and has extremely predictable 1% to 2% growth yearly, which follows population growth for the most part. It's more predictable, more versatile. Bitcoin isn't used for anything except buying and selling itself currently. There are nearly 13,000 types of cryptocurrency and more coming every day. That makes it different than gold. That's, that's, that's and that's just, a whole conversation. Let's level off there. But it is worth talking about. I don't want to talk about crypto because that's a grenade it's with a, a pinpoint. But um, people, that crypto has become like a, a cult. But that is fascinating. So it's not just Bitcoin and Ethereum. There's 13,000 different yeah. forms of Bitcoin. And some of the Bitcoins have interesting financial... Types of crypto, yeah. Yeah, right. And some of those uh, crypto have interesting fintech, financial tech that's behind them. Like Ethereum has the blockchain and all the rest of it. So a lot of it's kind of cool. But the thing you got to remember about gold, to Peter's point, Julie and I aren't selling gold. So just, you know, is that the price of gold essentially is tied to the actual demand for the actual metal. Because gold is used, yes, in jewelry, but gold is used in the production of uh, technology, in computer chips, as a heat shield. Gold is used as all, in manufacturing. So gold actually has a real intrinsic value because of what it's used. So people who are making stuff, uh, one of the things that they need in their ingredient to make their product is gold. So the price of gold is actually uh, a real value, not based on speculation. And what the Bitcoin people try to say is that essentially gold's value is tied to the hoarders, people that buy it and just, you know, buried underneath their house waiting for that. But it's really controlled by the consumption of gold and the people that are seeing it as wealth, as store of wealth. But the other thing that's really kind of fascinating about gold is gold has been money, used as money for 2,000 years. And crypto has only been around for 10 years. Exactly. So we eventually circled back to the conversation about inflation and, you know, what stops that. Well, normally the Fed would raise interest rates to slow down in inflation. But when asked about this, again, Peter Schiff, president of Euro-Pacific Capital, uh, said the Federal Reserve is unable to raise interest rates to tame rising inflation as the economy opens and COVID-19 vaccinations help to lift the consumption. Hiking the rates could, quote, stop the party and pop the bubble, leaving the economy and financial systems exposed to the risk of depression, which we all know nobody wants right now, you know, ever. Well, he said, he, just yep. to drill down on that, because mm -hmm. we're real estate people talking to real estate people. Yep. He said there is 0% chance, basically, that there's going to be a precipitous rise in mortgage interest rates because there's. he does not think that the mortgage um, – the housing industry is going to have any kind of deflationary episode and quite the opposite. In other words, there is no 2007, 2008 real estate crash anywhere on the near or even far horizon. Yes. He thinks instead what we're going to see is a popping of the money bubble, the currency mm -hmm. bubble. And so those of you, just to drill down and give you guys actual information, where do you, he said you, real estate's going to be a home run. If you can buy real estate, real estate's yeah. going to inflate in value that, and have debt against it, that that debt is going to be more than covered by the inflation on uh, the actual house. Also, other things you're going to want to buy. He said securities, but buy securities that are dividend paying that aren't necessarily tied to you know, U.S. consumption because he thought U.S. consumption, a large part, would drop off. Yeah, obviously, he was an advocate of gold. But there's a lot of other asset classes that some of you are aware of. You know, there's uh, certain kinds of collector cars. There's certain kinds of, you know, different little collectible things. We have a friend uh, that collects uh, Nike tennis shoes, <laughs> That's right. you know, and those have gone through the roof. Uh, play, you know, all these different things. What people are going to start doing 
is they're going to look for places to put their money because they're going to see the buying power. They won't necessarily see it because generally in a normal inflation, if there is such a thing, it happens slowly. But in hyperinflation, which is completely possible, and that would be what Peter's predicting with over 20% inflation, you're going to noticeably see it. You're going to put $100 in the bank today knowing that you're going to buy $100 of the groceries tomorrow, the same groceries you bought last week for $100. You go to the grocery store, you put those same groceries in your grocery cart, you hit the register, and now they want $130 to buy the same amount of groceries you bought the previous week. Mm -hmm. That's hyperinflation. That's if you can find the groceries because so, that's starting to happen too. Totally. And so what's going to happen is you're not going to want to keep your money in the bank. You're going to say, if I put my money in the bank, if I don't spend this money, it's going to be worth less. So what people are going to be doing is they're going to be looking to places to put their money so that at least it can hold its buying power. So if I want to buy $100 worth of groceries and the groceries inflate to $130 in a week, I'm exaggerating listeners, so don't freak out, that whatever you put your money into is also going to increase in value. So at least you still have the same buying power to buy those groceries. That's exactly it. So we have to be very careful how we are spending, how we're investing. And at the end of the day, he said, abnormally high inflation is the only politically viable option and that we're going to be in this inflationary period for quite some time. So, uh, yeah, those of you who have been looking for housing crash, once again, <laughs> stop looking for that. Yes. There will be other things that are happening, but this time is not exactly like last time. I'm so tired of people trying to say this is just like 2008. Well, they don't have, not. and I, I understand the natural innate fear of a housing crash and the expectation sure. of one sure. because some people's scars from the housing crash go incredibly deep mm -hmm. and they don't realize, and everyone always say patterns repeat themselves, things go up, things go down. I hear people saying that all the time. Mm -hmm. Well, not necessarily true. Well, who and, said and, it doesn't repeat itself? It rhymes. It feels a little bit like that, but it's not exactly like look that. Look at the can, can of Campbell's soup, yeah. guys. For you know, Did the price of Campbell's soup go down? No, it didn't. It always has increased. And, and this is one of the questions we asked Peter. Are, is there going to be any kind of deflation of any asset class or in real estate in particular? Again, he said, not in the near or even the far future. Mm -hmm. But then Julie asked a great question. She said, so what we're doing is, are we just resetting the prices to the new normal? And he said, that's exactly what's happening. So this is a bizarre mind twister because we've never actually experienced like this in our lifetimes. Though Julie and I've talked about inflation on and off on our podcast for at least the last 10 years. Sure. But the reality of it is- Now is we're that actually experiencing now it. Now we're really experiencing yeah. it. But we were experiencing it before. Gradually. Even with the sort of manicured CPI reports. But now we're really seeing it and mm -hmm. everyone sees it. And it's like, it, I, I just think it's, it's all the things that are going to um, increase in value really fast, like- um, computers, mm -hmm. things that people have just gotten, um, cars, used cars are well, right look at now. Watches. You can't even get a new watch. If you want you can't use cars right now are selling for, um, a 25 year high in terms of what they're worth now used versus their original uh, list price. We have a friend in North Carolina who sold this big, huge, you know, gastrily pickup truck <laughs> that he bought like two years ago or three yeah, years ago, Kevin, Kevin mm -hmm. and he put like 50,000 miles on it. He sold it for more than he paid for it. Af even with the 50,000 miles, which yes, is unheard and he, of. And he bought a new one for the money that he was able to sell his used one <laughs> and for. And he'll probably do it all over again. Well, he knows the Ford dealer, and the Ford dealer sure. was obviously selling him you know, a car yeah. at a slight discount. But still, that was that's the type of weird, bizarro era that we're yeah. in. But you know what the best blessing for a licensed real estate professional is? Yeah, I know what it is. They get a raise because the prices can continue to that's increase. Right. And your, they don't even have to ask for the raise. Your, guy, your incomes are going to in uh, actually outpace the inflation rate because real estate is going to an outflation the uh, outpace the inflation rate because so many people are going to buy real estate believe it or not listeners 
<laughs> well, look the at real this estate, way. The real estate market is actually going to get hotter. It's not yeah. going to cool off. You are in the right industry at the right time. And look, there is going to be some horribleness that comes from rising inflation, especially if Peter's right, there's going to be some form of hyperinflation. If inflation rate is 20% next year, think about what that's going to mean to cost of livings. And if you're on a fixed income and you cannot increase your income commensurate with your cost of your energy bills, your fuel bills, your auto fuel, you are going to have to cut back on your lifestyle by 20% if you can. You know, that means that people are going to be able to afford their drugs. There's going to be some real hardship that comes from inflation. For sure. But if you're in real estate, and you, the asset you're selling is, you know, it's now worth 20% more than would have been worth last year. You have gotten a nice little raise and you will be able to outpace inflation. Mm -hmm. But people, consumers, politicians, all of what we're entering into is this is going to be a big, interesting time in the United, actually in global history, because what happens to the U.S. happens to the world. That's right. So where you guys will see it is dealing with your own clients and their hardships and, and the reasons for them potentially selling I can see changing, right? They want to cash out. Maybe they want to downsize the house that, you know, they thought was worth 400000 last year. If they can sell it for four seventy-five this year, you know, you're going to see some changes in the conversations that you have. And we will help you with that. So good yeah. time to wrap. Well, you're going to see, well, also you're going to see new kinds of housing. They're going to, this yes, goes to technology. Mm -hmm. You're going to see new types of housing that doesn't cost as much to produce. Mm -hmm. You're going to see, but all the stuff, Julie, what's fascinating to me is covid brought on a whole bunch of changes to how people live, mm -hmm. you know, where they live. And then you have this massive, it's, it's the, um, the thing we've been reading about with healthcare, that Ray Kurzweil book, yeah. right? The, um, what's that called? <laughs> I'm having a brain fart. I can look we'll it up. Do it tomorrow. I can't Synchronicity. Sync okay. yes. Synchronicity. Basically when essentially the lifespan of average humans is going to start, we need to do that podcast on yeah. reasons to be optimistic. Yes. But even on, if this inflationary thing is going to have an ugly effect on a lot of people's lives, if you look at what it's going to do from a positive perspective, it's going to advance what was already going to happen technologically a lot faster. And people who are interested in maybe living in places where the cost of living was less and they can work remotely because, you know, Starlink and all these other amazing technologies are allowing us to work on the Internet any in places around the planet Earth where you couldn't necessarily get connectivity. All that's changed because of COVID remote work. At, and it's all changing at the same time. It's exactly. not just bits and pieces. So, yes, we, I will make mental note of that. Yes. So listeners, in the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day. Hey, listen, please continue to make this number one listen to daily podcasts for real estate agents in the United States. Do give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Help us get the word out. Help us spread the word that this you guys are and we all are and frankly, one of the best industries that you could possibly be in and what will be one of the most challenging times in our history. Let's make sure that we're all sharing the message to look for, frankly, the optimism that is, is innate within all of us. But as this inflation thing starts to become more of a thing, as people really start to overreact to it, especially the politicians and especially all the things that are going to happen societally, we've got to be making sure that we are towing the line with the realization that we are all blessed to be agents. We're all blessed to be Americans. And then together, we can be the beacon in the storm for other people to, frankly, find their way forward. And these are people who are in the industry and not in the industry. That's called being a leader. And I would suggest you guys take that stance in your business and personal lives. In the meantime, uh, we'll talk with you on the podcast tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>